When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Wednesday, March 1st. <laughs> yeah, come on. Power through it, Jeff. <laughs> It's, it's the Wednesday. off season. You can fumble your words. It's Wednesday, March 1st. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Goodwin. This is Jeff Schwartz. This is Mario Barrow of the Varsity Podcast Network. Oh, man. I swear, if we, any show I ever did, if we had like a, a paid thing to do in the, that you could watch us talk behind the scenes, either radio or podcast, we'd make a lot of money. We'd also get fired. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Um, Combine this week. Uh, quarterbacks getting cut, uh, the drafts coming up, so much to talk about. And and Gabe's favorite player, by the way, is also a comedian now, supposedly. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, NFL never sleeps. So much to get into. Gabe, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Thank you, Jeff. I, uh, I do miss football. So even though I think, yeah, I think hipster football fans want to crap all over the combine. I say bring it on, baby. I'm ready. Are you, are you not, you don't do an XFL, you're not XFLing? I'm buying the AJ McCarron storyline. I'm 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 not opposed. I like the rock mixing it up and tweeting about football. I'm I'm kind of into it. I haven't watched uh, much yet. I have gotten into Mar- to to not March Madness quite yet, but the madness of college basketball this past weekend. I'm I'm now into college basketball. It was a good weekend for buzzer beaters. Dude, it's like the the sport. I actually asked a friend this. He went to Michigan. He, he loves Michigan. I said, "Is it that we just weren't paying attention to this sport until now, or were there like six incredible buzzer beaters this weekend? It seemed like an outrageous weekend in college basketball. No, it was just, it was an outrageous weekend in college basketball. It's, okay. like, they, it's like they know this is the time. Now's our chance. Now's our chance and things start getting, you know, teams are vying for, you know, for opportunities in the, in, in the postseason, and they're just desperation. Like they're just trying to find ways to win, to win these games their feeder, the legs are underneath them as they head to the, you know to the, the the home stretch of the season. It was just a good weekend for college basketball, and and this it, new crop of Lakers, Jeff. We'll get to that. You're a Lakers fan, yeah. Not, but now now the, the LeBron's hurt, so now my all the, the new crop on. doesn't even matter anymore. No, nah, hurt hurt doesn't mean anything in the NBA. Ask Charles Barkley about that. We'll we'll get into all of it. Let's talk combine. Okay, okay, because this is 
every year we forget what the heck it is and then we remember all of a sudden and we're experts, right? Like we don't know who any of these dudes are past the first 10 names and then we're an expert in every single one of them and what they look like in their underpants. So Jeff, I don't have a specific take that I need to throw at you other than to say, you morons who poo-poo the combine are missing the point. It's fun, the coverage has gotten better and every now and then a great player emerges and we learn something, right? Yes. Look, the, the combine is first and foremost um, an opportunity for NFL teams to um, to medical check these players, right? That's why it was created. All the players go to Indianapolis. It's one centralized location for you all, all the NFL teams to do their physical um, backgrounds and actual physical, you know, checks on the players, medical evaluations, uh, if players need x-rays, MRIs, blood work, EKGs, all those things, it's all done in one place. They can all do it at the same time. Um, that, that's why it was it was originally done. It's why it's done in Indianapolis, not done in Los Angeles, or not done in New York. It's kind of in the middle of the country-ish. And um, it's that's, that's why it's there, right? There's five or six rooms. Every player goes in those rooms. There's five teams in each room. And they just evaluate you. They poke and prod and check your knees and your wrists and your shoulders and your groin and your feet and your ankles and everything, your stomach, like everything you would expect in a physical on steroids. They have your medical background. They have your folder with all your medical information from in college. They're checking everything out. I remember I had hurt my MCL, so the inside ligament of your knee, um, my freshman year in college. I didn't sit, sit at any time. And it was noted in my, you know, in my medical information. And they like, like kind of twisted my knee and were like, oh, your MCL, like, did you hurt it? I was like, yeah, four years ago. Like they just, they feel these things. I had to get an MRI on my back because I had a back surgery in college. And that's what this is for. The workouts, what we see is a small part of the entire process. And I look at the combine, Gabe, as an opportunity for NFL teams to check boxes for players, right. okay? So if there if there's 100 data points, 100 boxes to check before you draft a player, 75 of them are the film. Let's just say 75, maybe more. Maybe some teams have 85 are the film. And let's say some teams have 60, but I think more of them will look at the film, right? And then you have what happened to the combine, right? You have, you have the medical, right? That's, let's say there, that's five boxes to check, right? Then you have the on-field workouts. Then you have, that's two boxes to check. Then you have the, the interviews. That's, that's another box to check. It's just box checking, right? And let me explain what, what that means for me and what I think it means for NFL teams. So let's say that, Gabe, let's say that you're in a prospect and on film, when they watch you play at USC, your, your new favorite college, you look fast on film and you look quick on film. And then you get to the combine and you run fast and you run quick. Check. Check the box. That 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 shows on film. Let's check that box for Gabe. Or let's say you're you're Jeff Schwartz. You are slow on film and you run slow at the combine. Check that box. Jeff Schwartz is slow on film, slow at the combine. Check that box. What the combine is about for the physical part of it is what happens when Gabe, who runs fast on the on the field, on on game film plays fast on the game film, but runs a slow 40 time and has a slow three cone. Scouts can't check that box now. Hmm. You got to go back and look 
Why does Gabe play faster on the field than he does when he's testing? Or vice versa, right? Like, why does Jeff Schwartz look slow on the field but run really fast at the combine? Mm. And that is where a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the why to me the on-field things matter. It's box checking. Okay, Jeff Schwartz, you know, you know, and the show I was talking today about, I'll use Noah Sewell as a linebacker from Oregon. I was talking with a buddy today about Noah Sewell, linebacker from Oregon. Five-star kid, didn't play that great this year, was kind of up and down. He, you know, for me, like when you watch him play, it's like I question his lateral movement skills at times as a linebacker. I think he can run in a straight line pretty well, but can he move laterally pretty well? So that's a question of mine I have about one specific player. What, so I want to see how he tests in those drills at the combine. If he tests really well, then I have to go back and figure out, okay, why did that not show on film? If he tests poorly in those drills at the combine, then I'm like, okay, that that's there. How do I coach him out of that? Or how do I draft him if I want him and put him in a scheme or have him in my, in my defense where I feel that he'll be most successful or just don't draft him because I don't think he fits what I want to do on defense. So that's the important part of the physical part of the combine. It's just to double check the film. And of course, there are going to be guys that, that stand out. There's going to be guys that work out warriors and things like that, that, that wow the coaches and they're going to have to go back and look at the film. And, and there are, and there are, there are obviously certain benchmarks that you can hit as a player that more often than not, at your position, have led to success over the long run. So I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to pull it up right here. It's kind of important here. Let's see. Because um, for like offensive linemen, if you run a 40 time, I'm going to pull this up right here. Okay. This is, again, this is a small sample size, but it's it's worth kind of, since 2010, 28 offensive linemen have recorded a 4.47 short shuttle or better the combine. 24 of the 28 were drafted. Those 24 players started 84 of their NFL games. So like there are certain, and this happens with all positions, but there's like, there's certain drills where if you do hit a benchmark of like, okay, they, this, that, that, that has meant in the past that that player has the physical gifts, the unique gifts to play that position really well for a long period of time. And part of that is if you're that quick and athletic and agile, you're able to avoid injuries a little bit better because your body moves a certain way and guys hit you, you're able to kind of, so there's, that's kind of the whole physical process, in my opinion, of what, of why the combine is important. Okay. That's a hell of an explanation. And and even though I've talked to you for two or three combines now, I don't think I heard each part of that. Let me pull a few things out of that. Um, is it possible? So you're saying basically it confirms hunches. You know, we have a lot of tape of the kid from Oregon. We kind of know what we think he does well and doesn't. Then he does some tests and we go, yeah, okay. He's about what we thought. That's reassuring. Now we know, now we know the third round grade we gave him is about right. We're not going to reach for him. If he's there, we'll take him. Okay. Yes. Great. What about the guys who come from smaller schools where the tape was maybe not as evident and certain positions where you can get lost in a system. You're, there aren't as many opportunities to see what a guy can do. This is where you're smarter than me, but I'm thinking about yeah. defensive backs, guys who like, maybe they only have two or three plays they can make a game, but they make all of them. If they show up at the combine and do a few things right, do we then go back and look at more tape? Well, yes. And this is, again, this is kind of like back to the, like the, the box check and stuff, right? Like if they, 
if they run really well, then you have to go back and look about, okay, well, why didn't they make more plays on film? Is it because of the system they were in? Were they at the, at the lower level? Like for some corners, because you mentioned corners, like some corners, they don't just, you know, Sauce Gardner, it's in Saturday last year. No one threw him the ball. No one right. threw the ball to his side of the field. Um, you know, there's a player in Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, who you know, I think started a little bit slower, but he's going to run like a 4-3. His, his sister is an Olympic sprinter. Um, her, his, uh, she was featured on Hard Knocks, by the way, because she's married to um, the Lions backup quarterback. And they featured her, uh, him watching her at the Olympics in Tokyo a couple years ago. Um, I think their parents are sprinters too. Like he's going to run really, really well. He probably runs faster than he, than he plays at times. So you have to go back and figure out kind of like maybe why that is. Um, and that's, you know, for small school guys, to your point, like if you haven't seen, you know, small school guys, I think are a little bit different because the film is not going to be the same, right? Cause you're not playing the same competition. I've always felt for smaller school guys, Gabe, when you watch their film, they have to dominate. Like, right. like, like, there's a player out of North Dakota State, uh, Cody. Uh, I believe his last name is 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 Much Munch Much. He's off at the tackle. He's redhead, redhead, long oh, hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he the, was a big miss, old meme. Yeah, missing a tooth. Like he's he was, like he manhandles defensive linemen. Like you have to be excellent. Like you have to be dominant if you're going to be a lower level kid. Who's going to be drafted? Even if you're drafted in the sixth round, you have to dominate your competition, and then you have to go to the combine and just meet those physical benchmarks. You know, if you're a cornerback at a smaller school, you got to you know you got to run that that four four five boom check mark. So that's again, the film is the most important thing. But then you also and this is why it's they're never absolutes, right? Orlando Brown, um, I, I guess I'll give you a a, a guy to follow. Uh, on social media. His name is Kent Lee Platt. It's at MathBomb on social media. He puts together a relative athletic score, RAS, R-A-S. He puts together this, It's I think it's his proprietary numbers based off of everyone's combine workout. He gives them a, a, a score. It's fantastic to follow because these scores typically align with like the best players in the NFL have these high athletic scores. What a shock, right? But he, he lists them all. He has a database. It's really fun to look at. It, it, it's like a like, like legit, like if you look at, just go check it out. It's a, it's fun during combine season. Um, but there are guys with like low RAS scores. Like Orlando Brown was had a terrible combine. Good NFL player. My brother had a terrible combine. Good NFL player. It's not, so it's not a BON doll, right? But again, those are the outliers. Like being a good athlete, Testing well, jumping well, jumps are part of this as well. Jumping measures explosiveness, guys. So if you jump high, vertical, you jump far, broad jump, that measures your hips. It measures how how you explode off the ball. Those are important kind of ways to measure explosiveness. Um, but if you go follow these scores, you can see like a lot of the guys that, that, that typically that test well and to be good NFL players. Okay, so then let's talk about the the other topic that always comes up then. Not just the guys who are, going to confirm some hunches or maybe be outliers who who we go, wait a sec, we got to go back and watch more tape and maybe improve their stock. There's always now a tradition of big name guys from big name schools who've been told for a year or two already, they're definite first rounders, don't want to compete at the combine. Yeah. It's not because they're afraid of getting injured, right? It's because all they can do potentially is hurt their stock. Absolutely. But isn't that a bit like pleading the fifth? 
Like the common person <laughs> goes, well, then what are you hiding? Yeah. Aren't you guilty of something? Uh, I mean, that that certainly is a way you can look at it. Um, Jalen Carter, for example, is not not participating in the combine. The Georgia defensive tackle, Bryce Young's not throwing at the combine. Um, Jalen Carter can the only thing he can do in the combine is hurt himself, Gabe. Like that's the only thing he can do. Um, he'll go, he'll do all the interviews, he'll talk to the media, he'll do his his um, physical, I mean his uh, his medical uh, checks and whatnot, but he won't he won't run in, in the combine. Most guys have better pro days than combines because the combine, you know, you're up at five in the morning, you're going to bed at 10, 11 at night. I mean, you're busy all day. And the point of that is they want you to work out by the end of the time you're there in a more of a, you know, stressful environment on your body, right? You haven't slept as well. You know, maybe you're, they used to weigh you in the day before you worked out and then they weigh you in the day you work out. So if you're trying to cut weight, like I was, or gain a bunch of weight to weigh in. Now, are you going to do that the day you work out? So, like, it just it adds stressors to the environment to work out in. They want you to work out in a stressful environment. Uh, more mental stress, obviously, than, than physical stress, but a little bit of physical stress. At the pro day, you don't have any of that, right? You're, you're in your own bed. You're at your own campus. It's when you want to do it, the time you want to do it at. And so guys opt, opt for that route because, again, it, it, Jalen Carter can do it. He can get away with it. Gabe, Jalen Carter never has to work out. He will be the number one defense tackle taken. Doesn't have to do anything. Bryce Young probably doesn't have to throw at all to be the number one quarterback taken in this draft. Now, his height and weight will be super important because we've seen, you know, again, he'll be the smallest quarterback draft in the first round in forever. Um, but, you know, he doesn't have to throw to be the first quarterback taken. Some guys have that luxury. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I want to go over some suggestions for maybe new things to evaluate at the combine. Hank and I drew up a few ideas. Okay, I'd like you to take like you to take these seriously because we certainly did. Okay. All right. What about making the players wear pads when they run the forty? <laughs> um, that'd be more realistic. I'd be down for that. But then, but then, I don't think I don't think they would want to train to train in the pads for for eight weeks though. I know, but what you know. Put on pads. What what does it matter how well you run without pads? Uh, I'm you know, with there's you. There's plenty of guys, wide receivers especially, who just like can't move the way that we need them to. With Agre- pads. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Good. So that's one for one. Good suggestion by Gabe and Hank. Number two. Um, one regular person does every drill before the players, just so that we can see how much better they are at stuff. This is probably this is probably your best your best one you're you're gonna have. Really? You think so? Yeah, this is fantastic. What if I told you that was Hank's suggestion? Would you still feel that way? Uh, people have suggested it before. I'm sure he cribbed it from someone else. Ah, okay. Um, oh, so Roger Sherman came up with this idea. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's been floating around the internet for years now. I'm, I'm sure right. I'm sure he went to, to, to chat GPT and, and, and asked him what to do here. All right. Um, chat GP Hank came up with that one. Yeah. All right, next one. Speed round of game management situations to see how well players know what to do in any given complicated nah. NFL situation. So should the running back slide at the one or score a touchdown nah, right that, now? That, Go. W- waste of time. Why? W- wouldn't that, like the that, Cowboys want to have a few more guys who knew the rules? That's not important until till you play a game. You you can teach that in the game. That I don't know. I, of- I think I'd much rather have Dan Orlovsky in the sixth round than some guy who doesn't know the rules. That's a that's not important to know at the combine. 
I disagree, but fine. I didn't play in the NFL. You did, and you're smarter than me. Uh, okay, there should be a, quote, talent portion, like in beauty pageants, where prospects can do whatever they want to highlight skills <laughs> to scouts. And this could be anything, because maybe it makes for the better Hard Knocks episodes or better marketing cap capability. Like, maybe you're good at dancing after touchdowns. I don't know. Um, are you airing this part of the show? Are you airing this part? to? The yeah, show? I think I think we yeah, would. I'd be in for that talent show for sure. All right, great. We're, we're doing better now, Hank. Every tight end who used to play basketball has entered into a one-on-one -on -one basketball <laughs> tournament. Announcers are only allowed to mention that someone played basketball in future broadcasts if they win that one-on-one -on -one tournament, proving they are, in fact, good at it. Oh, my God. So, That's you know. incredible. Can I, can I, can I tell you, a, 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 uh, I was down in Dallas for Big Boys Club. Season three is, is on. Uh, well, you're going to like the next one, on, then. On, on the, is on the way. Um, and after the kids are done training, they play this basketball game, the three-point shooting contest. The facility has a full-size basketball court because the Mavericks G League team trains there as well. And I told them I would beat them in this three-point shooting contest game. Mm. And they like told me, ah, blah, 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 you're not going to win, you're not going to win, you're going to win. And I beat them. And it was a big ego boost for me to beat these like 21-year-olds in a three-point shooting contest when I haven't shot three-pointers in many, many moons. Well, you know, I play pickup ball in your old high school, and I've been looking wait, around. Wait, you play at Pally? Yeah, I've been looking around for the banners, the, the the retired numbers for Jeff Schwartz in the basketball court. I haven't seen them. We were, when I was playing high school basketball, we played Westchester, and Westchester was number one in the country, and we weren't winning anything. So, okay. Um, you play pickup at Pally, huh? Well, let's not put that out there because it's kind of like a nice little little secret we've got going. I'm Skip to, over this. I'm going to have to do that when I when I come back to town with right. you. You're in the run. I got a hookup for you. Okay. okay. Uh, next one. Every O-lineman has to grill a burger on his own smoker and then like talk through his process the way all you big yes. fat guys like to do. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, let's put more on TV, not less. Show me everything. Big, yes. long reality show. Yes, Okay, yeah. we're really on a roll now. Yeah. Tackling drill. You have to run full speed at a tackling dumbly, but only hit it where it lights up green at the last second. Nah, nah. But that's how the NFL works now. Everything's nah, a penalty that, unless you nail yeah, it. Yeah, but it, it, you can, you're just going to, that doesn't really help anything. Okay, you, so far, by the way, the ones that you have quickly poo-pooed have been mine. Next one. <laughs> Temptation drill. All right, you're told to go wait in a waiting room. This, remember the scene in Men in Black where Will Smith Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, okay. Think about that here. You sit in this room and you're being told, oh, the GM of some team wants to come meet with you. And sitting in the room is a, an Xbox and the playbook for the team that's thinking about meeting you next. And they watch to see which you pick up and interact with for the 10 minutes. I love this. Love Isn't that it. a good one? I love it. I love it so much. Totally like if, in. If yes. the quarterback reaches for that Xbox, get him that out, out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray would reach for the Xbox. He would have been a fifth rounder. <laughs> he would totally out. Oh, I, oh, I love that one. Who's, who's, that was definitely yours. Uh, that your one idea? was indeed mine. Yes. And then Hank put one more in why, here why, in an attempt why is, to get okay. us to get fired. Hank, why is no. he obsessed? Okay. Why? Okay. I, my wife, I had to go today. I'm going to explain what happened. I had uh, to go today. Be very carefully, please. I will. I had to go today to, I had to go pick up something from Publix and bring it to my wife's office for work. And in doing so, when I got to her office, I left her a note. And I drew something on a piece of paper to leave for her at work. I took a video of it and sent it to you guys. I thought it was pretty funny. Like, ha, 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 look what I drew my wife on a piece of paper. 
Mm -hmm. You guys can guess what it is. Hank is obsessed by the image I drew and how he thinks I drew it incorrectly and has not stopped talking about this for the last five hours. I don't know why, Gabe. Like, I thought I was the most immature one in this group. Hank can knock it over the image and how I drew it. I thought I drew a standard quick object. I had like three seconds to draw this before someone walked in her office. I didn't think much of it. My wife laughed at it. She liked the joke. I, did you look at the object and think I drew it incorrectly? I think there's a few comedic ways to draw this particular object. I think you checked the box to yes. go back to your term. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> Hank wanted to get anatomical or why he thought, you know, putting this in a rundown for you to just continue publicly talking about was a good idea. What I am concerned about for you, Jeff, is this particular drawing that you gave to your wife, I thought you meant you left it in your home office. You left this in her actual office? Yeah, her She's actual like a real office, professional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in her yeah, in her office office, yeah. Okay, well, but, I hope but, you didn't no, get no, her no, 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 but I left it. You saw what I did. It was like folded, like oh, shut. Oh, yeah. It, it yeah. had no, nothing on the front of it. Like it was folded, like by her, yeah, by her desk. Like no one uh, saw it. Yeah. Okay, well, if... Uh, I, we can't afford to put Meredith on the Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you payroll. So let's please not get her fired. All right? No, no. Why, why would she be fired for that? I, I don't know, man. These days you can't draw stuff like that, Jeff. Can't do it. What I what what what, what I draw? You don't know what I drew. All right, forget it. Uh, okay. Um, I don't really know how to talk about this topic because I refuse to engage with most of these stories. I see the headlines and I go, yeah. I know this guy sucks. There's more evidence to come. He still sucks. And I never learn enough about how bad a guy Dan Snyder really is and how many of the other owners seem to want him out. That's the overall headline is Dan Snyder. It would be great for the whole league if he was gone but he's holding on for dear life despite a million accusations and new pending lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera. Jeff, is there something you can make us smarter about other than just this guy's the worst? So the new, not even allegation. I mean, it's in, it's in what the grand jury testimony, right? Um, uh, well, it gets the grand jurors look into, it, I should say, but uh, three minority owners uh, who are all billionaires, by the way, of the commanders, um, have said that uh, Dan Snyder committed bank fraud in securing a thirty-five, excuse me, a fifty-five million dollar loan without board approval, and the NFL made it go away. And a federal grand jury is now looking into this. Um, I don't know why they just don't get rid of this guy. Like I, I just, it, it does not make sense to me. I, I, I know that he keeps claiming that he has like things over the NFL and over the owners. I think he already used his Jerry Jones one with that picture that came out with Jerry Jones in you know at the um, you know in Little Rock right was it Little Rock uh, where mm -hmm. he grew up mm -hmm. I think he used that one already I mean what what can he release that's worse than anything the NFL has already had out about them at any time ever um, this get rid of Daniel Snyder he won't sell to Jeff Bezos because of what he works for the, the Washington Post he owns the Washington Post they write mean things about him like. Just of all the things, John Orand, uh, who covers uh, you know sports business for the Sports Business Journal, listed like allegations against Daniel Snyder: financial misconduct, bank fraud, misuse, misuse of team's funds, abuse of corporate bylaws, self-dealing, disregard of contractual and fiduciary duties, and sexual misconduct. Like, why is he still the owner? Dan, um, uh, Donald Sterling, the Clippers owner, said one thing in private, Gabe, like. And they got yeah. him out of there in a week. They're like, goodbye. You're out of here, buddy. Like, see you later. 
and no one liked him either, right? Like, goodbye, gone. And you can argue that 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 in that instance, like it was a private conversation that was recorded and leaked. This is like this is out there. Like all this stuff is out there. Like they've had to pay fines. There's grand jury investigations. There's out like I I I don't know why he's still there. And the thing about it, they're not any good. I can understand if if you're like, well, you know, they've won Super Bowls. They're good for the league. Washington Commanders fans, Hank, Matt, they hate the guy. They can't wait for new ownership. Like you're not even, you're not even, you're not even um, like pleasing or like, uh, like, like trying to make the fans of the Commanders happy by keeping the owner. I can understand if it was like Lamar Hunt or I mean, uh, a Clark Hunt, the Chiefs owner, not Lamar's dad, Clark Hunt, who, and the Chiefs are winning all the time. You're like, ah, I don't really want to, because there this. Washington doesn't win ever. Get him up out of there. I don't care what you have to do. Get Snyder out of owning the Commanders and get him out of your league. It's not that. It's not that difficult. Yeah, the crazy thing is he's trying to use his awful history as leverage. You know, like he he's basically one of the news stories. There's like five news stories, but one of the news stories is that he wants legal protection and indemnification if he agrees to sell the team. Basically, he's like extorting the league to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we get rid of you, we won't let you get sued, essentially, which I don't yes. even know how, legally how the hell that's even possible. Well, but, it, it means that they I think they would cover his cost if he gets sued. Essentially. Right. But yeah. but I guess we have to imagine, though, since it seems so obvious that he should be out, that it's not necessarily that he has some file with dirty stuff about every owner and he's threatened to put it out there if they if they go, you know, gang up on him. Isn't it possible that what the owners don't want is this precedent being set? which is that if we look into his history this much, if we explore his business dealings and his personal life this much, they could be next. And could it be that they don't want that? Jim, Jimmy Haslam what, defrauded people of like a billion dollars. Mm. He's still the NFL owner. <laughs> like, it, like what, since when has that been a thing? It, 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 I, I, yeah, they could go into other people's... Um, businesses but but again like they're just looking at at the the commanders i mean if if you haven't committed a crime as the owner of your team then what do they have to look into right like i i don't i i I, no to me gabe the answer is no like if you haven't committed a crime then what are you worried about now maybe all these families are criming maybe all these teams are criming behind the scenes well (laughs) i I don't know i'm not accusing anyone of committing (laughs) a crime as the owner of the nfl team but most owners of nfl teams have very complicated histories and business dealings and most of them the the football team is not their primary income i mean i shouldn't say well absolutely but 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 again but 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 look again Haslam, of course still an nfl owner after his flying j stuff right um so people have, you know, again, an owner survived kind of his company, his other, you know, his other main business, you know, a, a scandal with that, right? Mm-hmm. Survived that. Um, but again, the people are, are looking at specifically his ownership of his NFL team. We're not, to my knowledge, they're not looking at his other companies, right? His other dealings and other companies. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what he owns otherwise, by the way. Um, so... Wasn't he the Six Flags owner for the longest, and then some media stuff? Well, it doesn't matter. Right? You're Six, right. The point is, Six, there, like the, the, the yeah. Six Flags, the amusement park. I didn't even know I, that. I, I'm now. Um, I'm just. I'm just talking okay. about my ass. Well, let's but, let's focus on what okay. you're saying. But so so like okay. So let's say, but so again, like if if you get rid of him, and and your premise is like, well, they don't want to do it because they're worried about, you know, them. Well, I I hope that no one else is 
doing crimes like he is. I mean, like that, like this is legit bank fraud. Like he could go, I mean, in a he's not gonna go to jail. I think we, we probably know that. I think other people go to jail in his in his situation. But um I, I don't I maybe I just don't want to believe that other owners are committing crimes like he is. And that's the reason why they're not getting him out of there. Well, how much because because play people asked Coach Rivera about this, and obviously Bienemy was the big offseason hire. So we're we're thinking about their coaching uh staff and you know, they've just moved on from the quarterback. We're not talking about him. They've got some things that could go right on the field. Does any of this bleed into the team they put on the field this fall? Do you think it matters? Let's just say he's a bad guy and it'd be better if he I was mean, gone. But I, I just think it's just a kind of a, a nonstop just distraction, right? Like the players getting asked about the owner, the coach being asked about the owner. That's it. I mean, that probably doesn't change much, but also – I don't. How many? I guess you could overpay for agents, but how many free agents are like are looking at like wanting to come to the Commanders, right? I wouldn't like, think pro- very many. Probably not many, right? But I think if Jeff Bezos were on the team, a bunch of players would want to come to the Commanders. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, let's talk about the draft because those guys aren't free agents. They they want to go wherever someone will take them and pay them a bunch of money. Um, so the Bears are at number one. Yeah. And. Everyone believes they're keeping Justin Fields and trading back. So we get to do this over and over and over again until the end of April. But do you think that's the right move? Yeah. So here's what I would do if I were the Bears. Um, I think you owe it to yourself to see Justin Fields for one more season. So what you do is you trade back and you'll get uh, picks for this year and next year. Okay. And if you end up after the season... And thinking to yourself, well, you know, Justin Fields is not the guy. We give him a chance this year. We've upgraded the offensive line. We've upgraded the weapons. He's just not the guy. Then next year, when you have an extra first-round pick, because you've traded this year's first-round pick, and you have your own first-round pick, you use those to go up to one or two and get yourself Caleb Williams or Drake May. If if you know, if if one of those two guys obviously is available in the top two, if you know someone who doesn't need a quarterback is is drafting in that situation. Um, because I don't think that Bryce Young is right. good enough to give up on Justin Fields yet. And I think you owe it to yourself to, to give yourself Justin Fields, I think, can play. I think he's a good football player. But you you give him give him another year to develop as a passer, get yourself some more weapons around him, and kind of have this this team, this 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 like core of a team that's ready to win. If Fields isn't ready yet, next season with a new quarterback. That's how I would play as if, if I were the Bears. It feels like they're going that direction. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Who do you think's the hungriest to go get their pick, though? Um, like who's willing it, to pay? I, I mean, it's got to be Houston or Indianapolis. I think Jim Ursay is going to tell them to like you know that. I think the Colts are going to try to move up quickest. It stands to reason that it would be the Colts because the Colts have been relevant franchise winning franchise for you know five eight ten year stretches twice in our lifetime both times when they went and got the quarterback you know that that's the model they know they don't they aren't worth a shit if they're you know going to the backup or playing in free agency they've been great when they had peyton manning and andrew luck and that's it so it makes sense that they would go after it that the fans would understand that rationale um the jets Obviously, the, a lot of conversation about Aaron Rodgers now that he's emerged from darkness and Derek Carr is going to, you know, 
eat up the whole offseason making us talk about him. Are we positive? Since it's so obvious the coach moved on, are we positive the team hasn't moved on from the quarterback and they may not go get a guy who they like and just say, whatever, we're moving on, we made a mistake? I don't think you can afford to take another shot with a rookie quarterback right now. Like, get yourself a known commodity in Derek Carr and not – you just can't – but how do you ever get the pick for the the Caleb Williams or Derek, you know, May? Like, how do you get to the point where you have your quarterback if you keep bringing in the guy who's going to keep you at nine and eight? But here, here's the problem, though, Gabe, is this is the hardest part about a lot of this is that if you're Robert Saul, the Jets head coach, you have to win this year. You're fired. Like, you're not looking at Joe Douglas, too, probably. Like, you're not looking at this as like, how do we get to 2024? You look at this, like, how do we win this year to save my job? That's yeah. the hard part about a lot of these discussions with with what teams are going to do because they're scrambling to win now, as Hank just put in our chat to keep the paychecks coming in. Right, like that's that's why you keep your job. Um, that's it's kind of where you're at. I I can make the case for a couple teams, like I can make the case for the Colts even at four with a new head coach to say, hey, look. Let's draft the best player possible at four is not a quarterback, and let's stink one more year and get Caleb Williams to Drake May. Like, that's a viable plan for a first-year head coach. It's not a viable plan for Robert Sala, who's trying to keep his job. Yeah. That sucks. They, I mean, obviously. Look, when, when you miss on a quarterback in the draft, like they did, it sets you back five to seven years. It just does. Like Because you, 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 then, then you're doing this, right? You're scrambling for years and years and years. Because what, what what has to happen is you have to basically either hit a home run with like Aaron Rodgers or you have to get a new coach before you draft someone else. Like they're not going to let Robert Sala draft a second quarterback in the first, in the top 10. He won't be the coach if that happens. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, luckily I'm not a Jets fan. I'm a Chargers fan and the future is bright there. <laughs> Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll move the line. We got a few more questions for you. Let's do it. All right, Jeff, we're back. It's time to move the line. A little over under game. Here goes. Jordan Poyer says he wants to play in a state that doesn't take quote half his money. Guess he doesn't like the fact that New York state where he plays in Buffalo, um, has high taxes. So I'm going to take this seriously. What percent of free agents factor taxes into their decisions on where to sign? Over under 75%. Um, this is Poyer's 10th season, I want to say. He's a veteran. I think players at his age, it's near, it's over 75%. I think players looking at their second contracts, their first, their first big contract, it doesn't play a factor at all. You just take the most money possible. I mean, look, obviously... You know, New York taxes, what, nine? When I was in Jersey, it was 9.7%. Florida's zero. You know, I, New York, I think, is close to 9.7%. California's 13%. Um, you know, but if you're getting, you know, $10 million more to play in California than you are anywhere else, you're taking that money, right, Gabe? Um, but when you get older and the money sort of becomes the same, you know, we're getting two equal deals and, Looking at now you're in year 11 and 10 and 12 and 9 and 13. And you're like, I'd, now I'm kind of looking for, for, for fit and, for, and for, for, you know, 
where my family wants to live and the weather and the money and the taxes, then you start looking at places like Poyer's talking about that. He also mentioned cold and the taxes. Then you start looking. I think I think at his age, it's more than 75% of players that are looking at, at other things besides just the cold hard cash. Okay, so then why aren't the Miami Dolphins better at building a roster? Given because, that because they, there's a hard cap. You can't pay everybody. I understand, but you can basically tell a guy, hey, look, like we're going to give you 10% less than that other team, but your take-home is the same. Play for us. Live in Miami. Okay, but see, but players don't look at it like that. Players Agents do? Uh, no, they it, no, they don't. Well, here's an interesting question. Now we're way in the weeds. Maybe you don't know. If I'm the agent for a player, I get paid a commission. It's a negotiation between me and the player, right? So there's kind of standards, but a few percentage points on the contract. I'm I'm an agent. I can register my business, presumably wherever I want. It doesn't matter how my my guy gets taxed. I pay my own income tax. So if I'm an agent, do I don't don't I just care about the gross amount, which sort of proves the opposite sure, of what I was saying a minute but- ago. But you want to, yeah, I mean, you want to be able to brag that your client got the most money. Yeah, I know. So that's what I'm saying. Yes. So what do you, you as the agent yeah, aren't so incentivized you, to care if Jeff is keeping some X percent in Jersey versus exactly. even more somewhere else. You get paid on the overall amount. Right. Exactly. Huh. Yes. All right. Well, the point is with veterans, you're saying it is a factor. So we shouldn't just say like he's ring chasing. Sometimes he might be like long-term retirement planning. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with okay. him specifically, yes. All right, fair enough. Over under 10% chance the quarterback who shall not be named starts a game next season in the NFL. Uh, no. I mean, look, can he start a game as a backup as a backup quarterback for someone who right, got I don't injured? Care. I actually yes. don't care. I'm sorry. I but don't know why. I he'll never be a starter. He'll never be a starter game in the NFL. Okay, great. Uh, somebody was tweeting that The Rock should text him right now. Come play. Why, why, would he, why would he want that? Why would the XFL want that? Who the hell knows? Uh, over under 10% chance the Browns considered the fact that they were raising the price tag for their division rivals on Lamar and Burrow when they signed to Sean, and that was what they knew they were doing. They, they were playing no, chess while all of us were playing checkers. Yeah, I'm sure their $54 million cap hit this year is, is a lot of chess there. Good job, Browns. Uh, um, who knows what the cap hit will be for those other teams. Mm. Uh, no, because no, the NFL has basically said we're just not paying anyone that deal anymore. So congrats, Browns. You played yourselves. Look, Burrow's, Burrow's not getting that deal. Herbert's not getting that deal. Lamar is not getting that contract from, from the Ravens. They're not giving him $230 million guaranteed. Had Deshaun come back, played well, and somehow, you know, there was some magic bean for him winning over the fan base and, and calming down all the detractors. I don't know how he possibly could have done that. But if, he, if it had been a success, do you think that that money still exists for those guys? No. You think it's, no it's matter a, what, it was a bad It's the one time we've seen in NFL history where basically the NFL is like, yeah, we're ignoring this contract and we're not paying you what the next person, what the previous person got. You know, like we're not, you know, we're not giving you, you know, 1% more than the, than, than the, you know, the last person got. We're just ignoring that contract and going off the previous contract. It's crazy. They're just okay. flat out ignoring it. All right, fair enough. Let's switch gears quickly. You're an LA fan. Over under 15% chance the Lakers make the play in without LeBron. 
I mean, they're game back right now, right? I think I saw. Um, Everybody makes the playoffs now in the end. 20 of 30 teams, right? They're game back at the moment. Uh, LeBron's out a while, right? He's gonna, I, I don't, it's always confusing with whether his injuries are serious. He, they are half a game back. I think they make the, I mean, they make the play. The Pelicans are going to, are going to bounce out because of Zion's injury. The Jazz don't want to, the Jazz don't want to win, but they're too, they're too far out of the lottery now. I, I, I'll say, I'll say they're, they're in as the 10 seed. Nine you or think 10 they, seed. They barely get in. LeBron, who's expected to be out two to three weeks is healthy just in the nick of time. Yes. And they get in, and then they are pretty terrifying, as the last couple of weeks showed us with this slightly revamped roster. Oh, yeah. Like, are you now, telling me, like, let's say they win their, 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 the play-in kind of bracket and end up being the eighth seed. Yeah. Are, are, tell me, they're, they're, Denver would be terrified to play Los Angeles in that first round. Uh, it would be the seven seed, wouldn't it? Don't you become the seven? Doesn't no, you become, you become the eight. You become the you, the seven and eight, so you get determined by the playing games. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. So you're saying if they get in as the ten, they can at, they can become the eight and then play. Correct. Yeah, Denver. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't think that yeah. anyone. I don't know if the the one seed would even be favored in that situation. I mean, they would have to be, I think. But the Nuggets just have game one, maybe. I don't know. The Nuggets yeah. just haven't performed in the postseason. No, I'm not going to stop. Hank's putting in the chat, dude. Stop. He's probably thinks he's protecting me from myself. Like I don't know what I'm talking about because I don't pay attention to regular season NBA. Because I'm a lot like most NBA players, I don't pay attention to the regular season in the NBA. Who's is Hank's? Hank's team is. Uh, oh, Hank's team might be in the Wizards. The Boulets. They're, they're they're hanging in. Yeah. All right. Who cares? Uh, here we go. Over under 35% chance snow in LA is, this is Hank's wording, is cosmic karma for USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten? Shut up, Hank, you idiot. One, under. Oh, oh one, one whole half day of snow. Congratulations, Los Angeles. It's not even, by the way, for all you people who are listening to this show outside of actual LA, there's LA County and then there's the city of LA. Everything you've ever seen, like when they show the, the shots of LA at a you know Laker game or coming back from break at a Rams game. Everything you're looking at is in the city of LA or Santa Monica or Malibu. It's all right Correct. there along the coast. It's not snowing here. It's up in the mountains. There's it a did, lot of elevation in this county. It did It did hail in West LA. My mom sent me videos of it hailing. Hail it is not funny. snow. I know. It snowed in, in like Inland Empire and east, very far east, yes. Again, Look to the east of this city. It looks like Denver out of the city. There's giant <laughs> mountains with snow on them. I know. I know. Okay. I just, I, you don't have to I, tell I, me. Like, people, my dad texts me, he's like, you guys okay with all the snow? I was like, dad, what? No, it's no, not there's, snowing. There's no snow where you live. No. <laughs> if it snows in Venice Beach, California, <laughs> guys, we're all screwed. It it's, doesn't matter. It basically, anymore. it's the day after tomorrow if it snows there. Or you're, uh, yeah, you're dead. It's you're over dead. by then. Yeah, That's the end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pitch clock. Love it. We've had a weekend worth of looking at the pitch clock. Over under 15% chance this blows up in the face of Rob Manfred and he loses his job, no. but I don't think so. No, no. Guys, can we, uh, look, here's the thing, guys. Do we really, like, let's be smart fans for a second. Let's, let's try to be smart for a second, guys. Do you really think they're going to call a playoff game? With the pitch clock rule? No, it's spring training. They're learning this together. They're figuring this out together. It's a spring training game. It ends in a tie at six to six. Like they're gonna figure they're figuring this out together. By the time the postseason comes around, you'll get your Yankees Red Sox four and a half hour game, baseball fans. Don't you worry, okay? 
But I'm for this, Gabe. Like, just like let's let's pick it up a little bit, okay? We don't need all the all the all the crotch adjusting and the glove the glove strapping up in and out. Like, I'm a baseball guy. I grew up playing baseball. I, I watch a ton of baseball. Like, I'm I get the rhythm of it. Um, but like it's okay. Let, let, let's speed up a little. Like, I I got young kids that want to watch baseball too. They're bored to tears. But I think I think though the no shifts and the bigger bases will lead. To more runs and more hits and more movement, more steals, that will hold our kids' attention, I think, more than the game playing a little faster anyways. So, like, those changes, I think, might be might change baseball a lot more than will than the pitch clock in the end. So, I'm with you. I think you're right. It will be more exciting. And, obviously, come playoffs, they're going to want to milk it. So, that this is – they're going to adjust it. But here's a very inside baseball – pun intended, term intended – uh, question for you. Don't you think base stealing is going to be way up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the bases are bigger. It's a shorter distance to steal now. It's a shorter distance you can't throw over. And frankly, pitchers like mental well, bandwidth. Well, you, you can throw over only twice in the back, right? Yeah. Yeah, twice. Well, okay. But once but, you've thrown over twice, I know you're not coming back but to the can, base. But can you, can, you can step off though, right? And not throw over. You just can't even look over there. I guess we're going to need a little bit of clarity on the very nuanced way yeah. in which can you step off after you've thrown over twice? And if you step off, like, how does the clock work? Because it seems to me you've shown your hand. If you throw over twice and to hold a base runner on, and now you got to deal to the plate, he knows he's getting that extra lead. Oh, yeah. I he's going to have, have a huge lead. And even with the pitch out, he's, he might get there with a bigger base because now, again, it's not 60 feet anymore, which it really wasn't anyway because the base led into that, but or 90 feet. But now it's going to be even shorter because the bases are bigger. Right. And the pitcher, you can tell, like, it's pretty fast. And a lot of pitchers are pretty damn quirky. Like, they got these weird rituals they like to do. If you're fumbling around doing your ritual and thinking, I got to deal this thing, man. I got to get this thing to the plate. Yeah. You're not thinking about a runner at first. No. And they know that. Um, people also think they estimate that uh, pitch speed will go down this season. As pitchers have to pitch faster. Oh, because they'll be a little bit more gassed? Yeah. But it's going to be great for guys who who know how to work quick. People were instantly saying Max Scherzer has an advantage here. I'm thinking of Greg Maddox back in the day. Oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah for sure. He would catch the ball and frame it up and go, man. Like these relievers that take, you know, take 85 seconds between pitches are going to want, you know, the middle, the middle guys, some of the, you know, the setup guys closer. They're going to have the, the toughest time, I think. Yeah. And if your whole thing is that you throw, you know, 100 with some movement. And now, like, go ahead, try to throw a hundred miles an hour three times in thirty seconds. It ain't gonna happen. Your arm's gonna fall off. Yeah. So, I, look again. I, I am, I am all for trying to improve the game for your for your product, you know, for your like entertainment product. Because again, I watch a ton of baseball. I, I watch the Giants are good. I watch parts of a hundred games. Like I, I watch a lot of baseball. Um, so if this makes the game better, more more action, again, it's not even the pitch clock. Again, the, the, the no shift is a big deal, guys. Like the no shift mm-hmm. is going to allow a lot more base hits. And maybe we'll get back to actually trying to hit it, trying to hit the ball on the ground, like in between fielders, and like not just try to jack home runs all the time because the shift will change a, a bunch of that, right? Um, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for, uh, you know, changing the rules to, to add some more hitting back in the game. All right, last one. Back to football. Over under 99% chance Hank would be a better NFL quarterback than Mac Jones because he has proven the ability to perform while getting yelled at and diminished by us. 
I just don't see you guys yelling at Hank that much. I think I, I could see. We've yelled at him like three times in this recording. I could see Matt being the more. Is Matt the yeller out of the two of you guys? Are you the No. More? You I'm are? I'm definitely the. Oh, yeah. If oh. there's a jerk around here, I want that crown. Oh, you want the crown? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're. Like like if we were like if you guys are in a group meeting or you're like you're the guy that like is like the, they're like afterwards like dang Gabe really waited on us. Well, I do preface it by saying things like I don't mean to be condescending right now or like I'm sorry for being a jerk, but and then it comes, yeah. But we need to like be better at our jobs. Yeah. Yeah, with some yeah, exactly. That's how yeah. I say it. That's fair. Okay. I'm just saying, uh, you know, Mac Jones. It seems like he can't take criticism. Hank is able to take criticism pretty well. I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I think that's his greatest asset is that for all the criticism he deserves, he's actually quite good at taking. I mean, it's certainly not producing podcasts. So not I, a specialty. No, but I, th- I definitely think that him being able to take criticism is, is is a specialty of his. Yeah, on the fly, and and apparently, just so people know what we're getting at here, there's a report that Patriots coaches were instructed not to be too hard on Mac Jones because they didn't want him to be too critical on himself. I have no idea what that means. Um, but I guess he sucked because he was getting yelled at. I mean, you I, would have thought that they would have known that that's the kind of guy he was before they put him on Belichick's team. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to believe about half these stories. All right. Yeah. Did you? No, I don't. I don't yeah. care because I don't care about Mac Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's good. I don't care about him. Uh, uh, I, I hope. It. I hope he loses every game he ever plays just for the Patriots. Patriots, just Patriots hater. I love it. Yeah. I think we're done, Jeff. I think we I, did it. I think, I think we're done, too. I'm taking my first vacation with no work this week. Like, literally, like, I'm not doing, like, any podcast, any radio, no writing, no interviews. I cannot wait. Ah, oh, it's going to be glorious. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. But we'll be back next week, though, with more podcasts. And we'll have some combine review. Maybe we'll we'll review the best combine performance. We'll talk about them next week. And NFL Frenzy starts very soon as well. The franchise tag's been applied. Some roster cuts have happened during the show. We'll talk about all those next week. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Enjoy the combine. Talk to you guys. Bye.